a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification. Is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. Fall, it's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Hey, welcome back to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Whatever uh, happened to that Facebook quote page? I, what if that's still up here? I, I think that um, people thought, you know, this is kind of stupid, this whole Facebook thing. So they, they just quit doing it. I think I'm that's sure what happened. that's what happened. Yeah. How are we doing over there? Uh, fine. Good. Doing well. Good. Hey, Vickers here, by oh, the way. Good. I approve that he's doing well. <laughs> I I think we're on our way of finding your replacement, though. We're nearly there. Nearly there. That's what there. the word vicar means. I know. In the place hey, of. By the way, that's my buzzword hey. for you today. No. Vicar. You just make that up? Did no. you totally forget about the buzzword until just? Well, now? I, I always always uh, I always forget about the buzzword, but um, the one that I grasped for this time is uh, <laughs> is vicar. And I know we've had this one recently, but I think it's still apropos to uh, to define this. Well, as you just said, vicar is uh, means. I'd like you to define the word apropos. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> That's what I thought. I I like I like to stick to more <laughs> theological words. Oh yeah, okay, me too. Uh, okay, so the word vicar means, as you said, in the stead of. Uh, so uh, we've talked about this before. That um, the 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 reason that, in the, at least in the Missouri Synod, we use um, the the word vicar for. Um, the, the kind of the, the pastoral intern is that we have an understanding um, by Augsburg 14 that no one should uh, preach or teach um, unless they are, are rightly called. So that when the when the vicar, for example, um, is, is preaching, uh, he's preaching in your stead that you have uh, approved the sermon. And, and uh, by this, I wonder if you if you could take this into consideration, Pastor Wolfmiller, that uh, when you approve the sermon, you are thusly saying that this is the sermon you would preach. Yeah, one of the best sermons I preached was when I wasn't here. <laughs> now, in a weird way, then, um, I can say that your vicar there is also my vicar um, because uh, he is what taking the... What are you talking about? Listen, he is All taking right. the the brunt of the jokes instead of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, vicar. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's true enough. My buzzword for you is the word unionism. Mm. Uh, which I think is apropos <laughs> for for the show. Uh, now this is uh, <laughs> unionism is uh, this uh, idea of wait, wait is uh, that is that because Calvinists listen? <laughs> Sorry, go on. That's right. Uh, no, I just was trying to use the word apropos. 
Uh, unionism. Let's see. The, what is unionism again? Oh yes, it's when um, you got. We have these two words: unionism and syncretism. And uh, and one is uh, joining together two churches that are joining together, uh, uh, for, forming a false unity when it's not there. Syncretism would be doing the same thing in worship. Uh, at least that's the classic definition. Now we've changed the way we define those words. How do we define them now? One one of the, those words we use for joining other church bodies, like going and praying with the Buddhists, and the other we use for joining other Christians, like going and having communion with the Catholics. Which which is which do we use now? Uh, unionism is with uh, other churches, other denominations, and syncretism is with other religions. Right. Now I think originally that's not the that's not really how we used them. Unionism referred to the doctrinal stuff, and syncretism referred to the uh, doctrinal and organizational, and syncretism referred to the worship. Well, because it, the the term unionism comes from the Prussian Union, right? Uh, and, and uh, yeah, it was before that, but I, 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 at least I think it was before that. But that, that's the big one when, when the Prussian churches were trying to get the Calvinists and the Lutherans to worship together, and the and the folks who started the Missouri Synod said, "Forget it, we'd rather move to St. Louis than worship with the Calvinists." <laughs> that's how bad it was, folks. <laughs> that's the beginning of the Missouri Synod, right there. Um, we do whatever it takes to avoid the Calvinists. Apropos, by the way, <laughs> is a preposition that means with reference to or concerning. Yeah, so you completely used it uh, not apropos-ish. Uh, the Vickers looked it up in the Oxford English Dictionary, apparently. Okay. He could tell us the first use of apropos in the English language. He's telling us, but he doesn't have the microphone to his mouth. Adverb to the purpose of filth. Uh, Fitly or opportunely, uh, second definition is with regard to, in respect of, as suggested by, and then it goes on to list the adjectives and uh, other things. I think uh, that can be the Vickers buzzword. All right. All right. Um, so unionism. Um, Got it. So this could be simply just uh, referred to today. Uh, it would be apropos to, to use this uh, in a way that uh, would mean... <laughs> uh, See, it doesn't worship with their denominations. That's it? true. <laughs> I, w- I was. Uh, <laughs> That's how we normally use it. Appropriate. Anyway, are you all smart? I, did, did you know that? And you were like, "Ooh, uh, Evan just uh, used that inappropriately." So. No, I'm. Uh, I'm only smart enough to know that you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. No, I don't the, have to be. I don't have to be fast. The, the only way, the only you. reason you knew that was not because you smart or you, you're, or you looked it up, but because someone corrected you like yesterday, and so you <laughs> you thought you'd do the same thing. No, but that could be true. That would be a good story. We got to get to it. We got a ton of stuff to do today. We got buzzwords. Wait, we did that already. We got church <laughs> signs and bumper stickers, and then we got name that church body, which I'm going to tear you up. I kind of want to talk about unionism some more. Okay. Because uh, well, – Bring so, it up as your buzzword, then. Okay, I will. Now, this is maybe the thing to say about unionism. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And he says, beware of false doctrine. So we want to always be on guard that uh, that any sort of false doctrine or false teaching doesn't make its way into the church and that we don't create the illusion of false doctrine and false teaching being in the church by joining together with other church bodies, etc., to do stuff – that has to do with the confession of the faith, right? Right. I think that's what right. we talk about because uh, so many times people have, well, um, you know, does, doesn't uh, 
uh, Peeper talk about how? Do, what 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 words does he use? Like the majors and minors, or the um, uh, primary and secondary, secondary. That's right. Doctrines. And so some people think, oh well, we all we need to do is agree on the on the primary. So as long as we believe in you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible's inspired. You know, basically the things you'll read off of a creed of any church website. Um, then, then that as long as we agree on those things, then the rest are just kind of details. So it doesn't matter if we agree on baptism or or the Lord's Supper or you know those are just minor things. Um, which, by the way, people I don't think people would call those uh, secondary. I think people would call those primaries, wouldn't he? I don't know the sacraments. What he lists as what as watch, but uh, but they ha- I mean it has to be the sacraments has to be in primary, fact yeah. the primary doctrine around which the church builds unity are the sacraments because that's precisely how the Holy Spirit builds faith. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, so thanks. so we uh, we 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 can't. Uh, I mean to to say that that those are secondary, those are minor things. Um, is to say that we don't have to take the Lord's word uh, seriously. Um, you know that when He says, um, uh, "This is My body given for you for the forgiveness of sins," oh Jesus, that's just a minor point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can agree to disagree on that. <laughs> yeah, right. So, okay, so I, I don't even know why you even <laughs> bothered saying it. Sheesh. Now, this is a, I mean, this is a major thing. Is that you know we people say, "Oh, you Lutherans are so stodgy on your doctrines," and not really. We you got to just have two things. We just got to agree on two things. What what's the gospel, and what are the sacraments? And if we agree on those things, we have church fellowship. <laughs> it just still happens that we don't agree on those things. I mean, no nobody agrees with us on those on those doctrines. So you go and talk to anybody. I mean, if you just want to, this is the the Wolf Mueller technique for instantly starting a theological fight. Ready? <laughs> okay. So what do you think about baptism? <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Right. And you, if you're talking to someone who's not a Lutheran, you're going to have a totally different view. You could do the same thing with the Lord's Supper or with the absolution, for that matter. Uh, and it's an instant fight because because we disagree with people on all this. Correct. So say, yeah, so we, we're not, don't have this long list of 10,000 you know, points that you have to agree on to have church unity. There's just two just so happens that nobody agrees with us. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm going to play our uh, voicemail that we're going to respond to. Then we're going to have to go to a commercial break right away, and then we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Uh, so this is a message uh, called in here at 1-800-385-SOLA. And here it is. Hey there, Pastors Gigline and Pastor Wolf Miller. And oh, Vicar. and Lumpy, too. Oh, and Lumpy. Um, wanted to wish Lumpy. you a happy 4th of July. This is yeah. Eric X. Cathedra from the state of Massachusetts. Um, I wanted to have your help on something that has been bugging me every Fourth of July season, which is uh, my pastor holding what I, what um, I, I refer to and my friends refer to as the Worship America Sunday. Um, basically, we had a ten-minute hymn sing to America uh, last Sunday. Uh, in fact, according to our bulletin, originally I think we were supposed to use these songs for the liturgical pieces, substituting for the Gloria and the Introit and, and so on and so forth. Um, the songs that we sang in our, in our Worship of America were, included God of Our Fathers, America the Beautiful, Battle Hymn of the Republic, God Bless America, the National Anthem, so on and so forth. Um, I was hoping maybe you could expand the awesome praise song cruncher into a new variant called the State Syncretism Religious Song Cruncher, or the SSRSC for short. I, I think that's funny, but I'm not sure. Maybe Pastor Wolf Miller can, 
can can clarify that. But anyway, um, <laughs> you might have to read you some of your it questions. Is funny. I, I was going to suggest maybe does the song mention Jesus? If so, what did Jesus do for us in the song? I'll give you a hint and do your work for you. I don't think any of them do. Well, maybe Battle Hymn does. Um, could this be sung to any god, or does this specify Christianity? Uh, does it blur the lines? And could it be used by a Roman emperor or a president who thinks he's a Roman emperor to um, <laughs> control people and um, try to bend them to his secular will? Anyway, I wanted to hear your opinion. Uh, the whole thing kind of really bothers me. Uh, maybe it shouldn't, but I wanted to get your opinion. I'm a huge fan of the United States of America, but I also like the embassy model that you guys promote um, about churches being embassies of the Trinity. And uh, although we should pray for the host country that we're in um, and that the Lord's kingdom would come through our country, um, it seems odd that the flag of the host country, of being America in this case, or a song should be sung um, in the embassy of the sovereign Lord of the universe. Anyway, keep up the great work of mediocrity at Tabletop Radio, and um, have a happy 4th of July. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, and we'll be right back on Tabletop Radio to respond to that voicemail. We'll be right back after this commercial. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list, and the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist, and the This is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. When I can't sleep, I listen to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We've got a new cruncher now. What's it called again? Yeah, the SSRSC, State oh. Syncretism Religious Song Cruncher. All right. Eric, whose last name, did you hear his last name? Ex-Cathedra? That's a cool last name. <laughs> everything he's, Eric Ex-Cathedra, everything he says is infallible. <laughs> it's amazing. Nice. That's really, that's convenient, you know. You know? So he's, I mean, he's 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 requesting that we expand our rapier-like wit and our uh, laser-focused discernment tool to uh, broaden our horizons and go after religious. I mean, uh, 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 national songs. Now, of of the three hosts of the show, um, you're the only one that can answer this question. Do you think uh, that if you uh. if you spoke um, uh, ex cathedra, you, that you were speaking um, infallibly? That you would uh, finally win arguments with your wife? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I have to ask Eric Ex Cathedra how that works. Because <laughs> you cool would know. Name. <laughs> yeah, that's right. To, Carrie reminds you on a regular basis about the Reformation. Hey, <laughs> you're not infallible, buddy. 
I don't, you know, one of the, actually on a, on a semi-serious note, this is one of the things that we always have to fight to preserve is our ability to be wrong. You know, yeah. I mean, we have to be always criticizable, insultable and et cetera. So I'm trying to teach the vicar. <laughs> to be insultable? Yeah. So you want me to insult you? No, no, insultable. That's insult. passive. Otherwise, passive. otherwise he stands above insults. <laughs> That's right. Or critique, etc., etc. <laughs> All right. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of his uh, cruncher idea? Yeah, it is. Uh, I think it's fine. We should look at these songs, and I think we, let's. Why don't we withhold judgment until we do that? We'll do a uh, we'll do a state song uh, a crunch thing, and uh, and we do, would have to modify it a little bit. I like the criteria of. Could a dictator use this, uh, these songs to put the uh, citizens into submission under his tyranny? <laughs> well, what do, you, what do you think about the general idea of having a Worship America Sunday? Yeah, uh, it is somewhat strange, although I suspect uni- a universal phenomenon that we pray to these abstractions, like, uh, the, or that we sing to the abstractions. So we sing to America. It is a bit odd because america is not a person so there's there, you know there's not like america can walk in and hear you singing uh and say oh thank you for singing such a nice song to me that's really beautiful hope you'll do it again sometime i mean you, you see what i'm saying so that is a bit of a strange phenomenon and now this i this idea though that the church is the embassy of the trinity i really like that idea and he said it was ours though is that our idea i don't no, know if I've ever... i am confident we never mentioned that <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Because you thought you heard that and you're like, wow, that sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, like that's good. Oh, man, I, I use that. Yeah, I had the same reaction. Uh I will take credit for it, I'm sure. Probably yeah. Vicker said it last time and nobody was listening. <laughs> Anyhow, the church, it is true that the church is the kingdom uh of Christ. Uh the right hand kingdom of God, his kingdom of mercy. But it is also true. That we live in the kingdom of the left, and the church, even in some ways, I mean, not in in its essence, but in uh, you know some auxiliary ways, is a member even of the of the left hand kingdom. You know, uh, we have to register with the secretary of state, etc. You know that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, we you know we should, like he said, like Eric ex cathedra said, we should pray for the state and this sort of thing. But we don't want to go overboard with this kind of thing. Right. Um. I, another thing that he he mentioned was this is a, sort of a pet peeve of mine is is that the bulletin originally slated these these hymns of substituting for like the Gloria and the Sanctus and different you know parts of the liturgy, yeah. um, and I can't wrap my mind around that. I mean, I, I just think I, of the uh, audacity of of taking what the church has sung for nearly two thousand years and saying, you know. I have something better than this. <laughs> you know, I can improve upon this um, and make it more relevant so people will like it more. Yeah. Well, good grief. I mean, uh, it seemed to be okay for, for Christians for two millennia. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that it, it's still delivering delivering Christ. And I think that's the point. See, when, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, Maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy. Maybe, the, maybe. the question before him should not be, will it win more people over, or will uh, will this variety um, uh, will this variety in the service help them pay attention more? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture, um, and I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. Well, listen to you going on a tirade. 
How come every time you know, I say something, it's a tirade? <laughs> <laughs> I, by the way, think this is how I pick my hymns. How can I cut this service down so five people don't have heat stroke? <laughs> what do you? It has been don't you, hot. Don't you over have the here. vicar just standing there with the big leaf? Blowing on people's face. <laughs> it doesn't help when we're singing ten verse hymns, though. Yeah, it's hot air. That's what comes out. That's the trouble. <laughs> all right, let's hit some bumper stickers and church signs. I think um, all the voice. Oh, notes, listen, ladies, that's two shows in a row. What? Huh, you think? Oh, <laughs> all the uh, all the messages we got at one eight hundred three eight five sola. I think they're sola. all. Church signs. Um, so here's the first one. Hello, this is your uh, <clears throat> 15-year-old friend again from Iowa. I'm um, calling in with the church sign, and then, uh, well, uh, let me get to that church sign first. Uh, I don't remember the name of the church exactly, but uh, the church sign I thought was uh, a little cheesy uh, uh, on Earth Day here, uh, powered by solar energy and that solar is spelled s-o-u-l-e-r i uh, get so, it oh it's a pun <laughs> oh man solar energy this goes back to the i think all the world needs is more puns idea of <laughs> church signs that's right it's unbelievable remember that that the idea the unbelievers are driving around like man i'd really go to church if christians could make better puns <laughs> I know. I, These guys I, are I, terrible at puns, and so I'm going to stay home and watch golf on Sunday morning. And then he drives by and like, whoa, that's a good pun. Solar, like the sun, and then solar, like a person has a soul. Sheesh. These guys are so funny. I'm going to go to that church. I'm going to give me some solar power. I'm not going to have gas for four months. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just need some more puns in my life. <laughs> I, I I can't think of a day I haven't woken up and said that. <laughs> I need more puns in my life. Oh yes, I wake. I'm so hungry. Lettuce, eat lettuce. Oh. <laughs> this this I got a hole in my heart that only a pun can fill. Now be careful, listeners. Uh, he says this, but his Bible class. All puns. I mean, this is all, all Pastor Wolfmiller says. It's true. You know, he'll, he'll read through the vicar sermon and says, "Pretty good vicar, but you need a few more puns in here." I know, I know. <laughs> Hardly any puns in his last sermon. I was so disappointed. I don't think I had one. <laughs> I did have New Ox smell in it, though. Yes, he did. He did make a little joke there. Then he "Here's I'm sitting here just say, hey, you should make a little joke. Isn't that terrible?" <laughs> yes, that is. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say it. As, because the people wake up in the morning, man, I need some more jokes. I'm coming to church here. Yeah. Some jokes. <laughs> it was pretty good, though. It was the, What was the text? Was the uh, the uh, the people who were invited to the wedding feast that didn't come, you know, and the guy says, He's, I've got some new ox. I want to go check them out. And so I talked about the tip. What, what, I guess I said I preached it because it's my sermon, even though the vicar wrote it, etc. He was talking about the new ox smell. <laughs> See, that's funny. Yeah. Now that's funny. I don't care. Wait, I'm mixing up Roy D. Mercer and Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> no, I don't care who you are. That's funny. Because Roy D. Mercer says, or how big a missionalist guy are you? How big a... No, no. It ain't funny. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't funny. I need to get that on the soundboard. All right, we need, to, we need to get job. to another church sign or else we like the God Whispers. <laughs> All right. All right. Here it is. 
Okay, uh, let's see if I can do this. Bumper sticker! Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, there's there's two bumper stickers on this van that I'm following right now. I'm, I'm going to stop following it. Uh, but um, <laughs> they're, they're uh, uh, both a John Lennon song. One says, Imagine, and uh, the other one says, uh, You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. And I'm figuring... There's some theology going on there, and I'd like you guys to parse it for me. Thanks a lot. Uh, have a good day. Uh, God's blessings. Bye-bye. All right. Did you detect any theology there? Imagine is it? I mean, this is the problem with Imagine. Is it's such a cool song with such <laughs> terrible lyrics? You know, you listen. It comes on the radio, and you're like, oh yeah, that's great. And then, and then you start to, you know, imagine there's no heaven. What? What? This is terrible. It's easy if you try. What? I can't listen to this song, but I want to because it's so cool. No, it's a terrible song. It's not cool. All right, fine. <laughs> oh, and I need to parse it. It's a. It's probably a third person plural, uh, telling all uh, indicative. <laughs> did, that is participial. Did you have uh, Greek at the seminary? It ain't or, funny. Or did you? Yeah, uh, I, summer Greek with Nordling. Oh yeah. Ooh, oh that's, man, that's great. It was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I um I did that too. You know that, that was uh, quite the swing for me. I, I took uh, Greek when I was in college, but I didn't really learn it because my uh, my Greek professor in college um, thought, hey, it's kind of silly to have you guys memorize memorize all this stuff because um, you'll be able to look it up when you're reading Greek otherwise. Um, so he <laughs> w- would allow us to to do as much as we we could in um, in pen first on the test, and then open up our books and do the rest in pencil. Got half credit for whatever's in pencil. So when you can do that, you don't study for a test. So I didn't learn Greek. Um, I didn't learn Greek at, in college at all. But then I went to the seminary, and Dr. Norley would take a point off for every accent mark we have in the wrong spot. Yeah, that was, that was terrible. I, I failed so many small quizzes just because of that. Yeah, oh, man. So, okay, well, we need to hit uh, our next commercial break, and then uh, and then we'll come back and, and play some uh, Name That Church Body, uh, Pastor Wolfram's favorite game. That's right after this. Don't go away. Right you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you join us, and the world will be one. Have you ever been flipping through the radio and suddenly wonder why you've been listening to something? Well, this is Staple Talk Radio. For a little bit of name that church body here oh, on man, I, Radio. Oh man, I couldn't wait to get to this. Finally and at last. <laughs> this is the game where I read from a uh, church website uh, and Pastor Wolfman reads from paper. And uh, we both try to guess which uh, church body the other one is, is, is reading about. So Yes. Um, that, Indeed. What's the vicar going to do for this game? Um, keep you from playing Roy D. Mercer sound bites. That's your job, vicar. All right. Just How big a boy are you, Vicar? 
All right, I I have here on some mysterious uh, church webpage uh, something that's called the um, uh, creeds, uh, creeds and codes. It says, it says, uh, we of the church believe that all men of whatever race, color, or creed were created with equal rights; that all men have inalienable rights to their own religious practices and their performance; that all men have inalienable rights to their own lives. That all men have inalienable rights to their sanctity. That all men have inalienable rights to their own defense. Uh, right to conceive, choose, assist, or support their own organizations, churches, or governments. They have the right to think freely, talk freely, write freely of their own opinions, um, and, and to counter or utter or write the opinions um, of others. Uh, they have the right uh, to the, to the uh, creation of their own kind. That's kind of weird. Um, that the souls of men have the rights of men. That's kind of weird, too. <laughs> that the study of the mind and the healing of, of mentally cause, caused ills should not be alienated from the religion or conduct in non-religious fields. Wait, wait, read that one again. That the study of the mind and the healing of mentally caused ills should not be alienated from the religion or, sorry, condoned in non, non-religious fields. Or condoning, uh, what did I say the first time? I don't know, but that's... <laughs> I okay. don't even know what that means. In the... Okay, one, one more on this section, and we'll go on. Uh, that, that no agency less than God has the power to suspend or set aside these rights, overtly or covertly. <coughs> okay, Vicar, what do you think about that? Wow. <laughs> okay, now I'll tell you what I think about it. <laughs> yeah, could, could you interpret that? <laughs> I approve that. Wow. <laughs> There's a. This has to be an American sort of thing, and it has to be semi-modern. Although I don't think it's very. I mean, right around like yesterday, modern, but recently. But you have all this kind of declaration of right kind of stuff. Um, that um, right to religious practice, et cetera, et cetera. But then you get this uh, creation of their own kind. I don't know what that means. It's a, it's an anti-racist thing. I'm not 100 percent sure where that comes in. But then this idea that the study of the mind is not alienated from religious practice, this is kind of the mid-20th century or mid-19th century kind of mix of science and religion kind of stuff. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit leaning towards something like Scientology, which always has the religious practice of the healing of man, etc. But I, I don't know if I have enough to go off of yet. All right. The next section is, and we of the church believe that man is basically good that he is seeking to survive, and that his survival depends upon himself and upon his fellows of his, upon his fellows and his attainment of brotherhood with the universe. <laughs> so funny. Nothing. You don't want universe brotherhood? <laughs> I was just thinking, the universe makes a lousy brother. <laughs> yeah, it's older brother, always got its own way. How come he gets everything? <laughs> I'm always the one that gets in trouble. The universe is never responsible. I know. The universe. He has all the constellations. <laughs> all right, no comment? No. Oh, you're not going to keep going? That, that's it for that there? section. I got Man two. is good, so you have, a, you have what we call a positive anthropology. Uh, I think that's what we call that. In other words, uh, denial of sin, so at least sin that goes all the way down to make man bad. There might be troubles that people have, but uh, generally, you're good in the heart, etc. 
So that's telling. So this would be an example where you. I do want have a second choice negative. that I'm rolling around. I am. Uh, I'm rolling around a second option. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I think it is though, because I'm afraid if I tell you, you'll avoid giving it away. <laughs> uh, write it down so Verka can see. So so we know you didn't just to make up on the spot. All right, I'll keep reading. Um, I'll just take the last two sections as one because there's only like six here. It says, "Okay." And we of the church believe that the laws of God forbid man to destroy his own kind, to destroy the sanctity of another, to destroy or enslave another's soul. <laughs> can't can't remember the last time I enslaved someone's soul, uh, or to ins- to destroy or reduce the survival of one's companions or one's group. And finally, we of the church believe that the spirit can be saved and that the spirit alone may save or heal the body. Yeah, I think that's going to be, this is going to be either, I mean, the thing I was leaning towards is maybe the lodge, one of the lodges, but I don't think this is. I think this is either Scientology or Christian science, Uh, uh, which I really, if you were to pin me down to it, I don't know if I could tell you the difference, except for one has aliens and the other doesn't. <laughs> why don't we go with Why don't we go with Christian Science? <clears throat> oh, what is it? Scientology. Oh. <laughs> oh. And you enslave souls every day, according to Dawkins, by brainwashing children. Oh. oh. Okay. I just have one soul enslaved to me. <laughs> oh, brother! <Dude> off. <laughs> I don't know if I actually have a soul. That's got to get old. He must get up in the morning and go, "Man, I got to go back to church again." <laughs> I don't know. Ask him. Do you? Well, no. But <laughs> I approve that. No, Whatever. that's all we need to hear from you. I'll, I'll talk to you later when Wolfie is around. <laughs> well, I have to make it sound like things are going well. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's tough to do. Yeah. You know, you All could right. you could probably quit this any time. It wouldn't really matter for for your schooling. Just saying. No. True. Well, that's well maybe, but I still I want to be in the positive light of people. Yeah, and you want a paycheck too. Be a man pleaser. He's a man pleaser. Oh, do don't you, say that. That sounds terrible. Do you, <laughs> do you, do you, he just wants to make people happy. Do you even pay him, or do you, does you have like carry make some cookies for him, and then that's his payment or something? Or? Yeah, that's right. We help out with some seminary stuff. He never sees it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Okay, uh, let's uh, go on to yours then. We have uh, about three minutes, three or four minutes here, and then um, okay. I'll hit a break. I got the doctrine here under these categories. God, Jesus Christ, salvation, humanity, authority, end times. What do you want? Authority first. Authority first. Da-da-da. Placed his own authority over the authority of the Bible and the church. Wherever his theology differed from the scriptures, rejected the scriptures in the light of his theology. Like Marcion, A.D. 60, selected the books of the Bible he determined authoritative or canonical. Marcion rejected all the Jewish writings and embraced the Pauline letters in the Gospel of Luke. By contrast, rejected the Pauline letters, especially Romans 1-8, through accepted the four Gospels in the book of Revelation. I enjoy perfect inspiration, this guy said. It's like Eric's ex- Eric X Cathedra, our listener. Wow. Um, in what brilliance weren't acclaimed in scientific achievement, he utterly failed in his revelatory precepts concerning God and science. His revelations in Earths and the Universe, 1758, I'm giving you some hints here, 
limited his solar system to six planets, Saturn being the furthest, which his theory is refuted by modern astronomy. Still, the volume contained supposed conversations that had with inhabitants on the moon and other planets, hence proving his revelation false by modern scientific investigation. Hmm. Hmm. I, I feel like what you just read to me should be a huge giveaway, but uh, I can't I can't place where this would be. Um, so my once again my ignorance is the downfall of the uh, of the game here. Um, <laughs> if only you knew more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean I don't what, I don't think I would have known this by be, the way. Because uh, well that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, just a little bit though. <laughs> just a little bit. Because the vicar would have known. I mean, it's not like I can I can listen to what you just said and go, well, it could be this or this or this or this. So I'd really need you to narrow it down somewhere. I mean, what you just described, I mean, can only apply to one church. I just don't know what that one church is. Yeah. Um so <laughs> um could you read the the categories again? Yeah. Uh God, Jesus Christ, salvation, humanity, and end times. Okay, um, we have about 50 seconds here. Do you want to hit humanity, or do you want to wait? For sure. You? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Penchant for dividing spirit and flesh, the influence of Gnosticism, also became the legacy of theosophy, as he divided the er- earthly Jesus from the eternal and spiritual Christ. In similar fashion, he divided the human being into eternal spirit and temporal flesh. Whoa. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, we're going to hit a commercial break, and I'm going to go read a, a book on the world religions and see if I can come across this guy. Have you heard of this before? I mean, this isn't some... some. I had heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it. Okay, so I will have heard of it, too, then? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay, we're going to find out if I can figure out this church body after this uh, non-commercial break. We'll be right back on Table Talk. Let's find the church. Hi, this is Jonathan Fisk, and Table Talk Radio is terrible. Well, it's a great, big, beautiful world. Lots and lots of people, and I've seen singing, dancing, praying, clapping, and every kind of steeple. But the Bible makes it plain that in Christ we're all the same. One day we'll gather together in His name We'll belong to the first united Baptocostal church in Christ our Lord Where all of God's children will harmonize and sing in one accord You can call yourself what you will It don't make no difference still One spirit, one body, one church, one faith, one Lord Swedenborg's penchant for dividing spirit and flesh, the influence of Gnosticism, also became the legacy of theosophy. As he divided the earthly Jesus from the eternal and spiritual Jesus in similar fashion, he divided the human being into eternal spirit and temporal flesh. I don't think I've ever heard of uh, theosophy before. That was going to be my next religion for you. Um, hmm. <laughs> 
Because normally, so so you know, philosophy is what the study of um, what would it be? Philio. Uh, wouldn't be the study. Uh, the love of the wisdom. Love of I guess. Wisdom. Yeah, love of wisdom. So so this is all the, the group of guys that, that sit around and, and talk about things that they can't prove. You know. Um, yeah. So then, um, when you talk about you know God and you have the basis of the Bible, you talk about theology. So theosophy is the, the love of God, I guess, huh? Or no, it'd be the 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 study of God. <laughs> yeah. The word theosophy comes from the Greek word theos, God, and Sophia, wisdom. wisdom it describes a quest of theosophy, namely the application of wisdom to the quest of for knowledge of divine matters. Theosophy takes place in one of the mind sciences. Theosophy is a movement founded by Madame Helena Petrovona Blavatsky. So, 1831 to so 1891. Theosophy is the the wisdom of God without the study of God, <laughs> without the study of the Bible. That sounds great. I'll, that sounds fun. When, and when you have that, you get religions like the ones we're talking about. Okay, give me um, the one on uh, Jesus. Jesus was born to Mary and lived a sinless life in full obedience to the Word of God. This enabled him to lay aside all of his human qualities and thereby become the embodiment of the divine soul. Most serious departure from orthodoxy in general, and his Lutheran roots in particular, was precisely in his Christology. Jesus was the Father, that aspect of his divine being who came into the world to establish contact with lost and fallen humankind. It was Jesus' victory over all temptation and sin that in the end caused him to lay aside all of his human qualities and once again assume his true godhood. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I approve that wow. Your uh <laughs> your biggest hint I, in my mind was that this was formerly a, a Lutheran. Um boy, I and, and from the 1750s. Um so this is this is right in the the age of pietism and uh right in the kind of the entrance into the age of romanticism. Um, but I can't think of a figure that I know of that, I mean, my, my initial reaction was Immanuel Kant. Um, but I don't, uh, I mean that, that might fit here, but I, I can't think of a religion that kind of followed, followed that. I mean, uh, philosophically, a lot of people, uh, are basically following the line with, with Immanuel Kant, but I don't know if a church did. So, um... I don't know. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw up my hands. I don't I don't know the answer to this one. Like so many religious movements, the Church of the New Jerusalem received its initial impulses from the inspirations of a single individual. Unlike many, however, it received its impetus from an extremely gifted and brilliant intellectual, Emanuel Swedenborg. Uh, I got the Swedenborgianism. first name right. How many points do I get for getting the first name right? Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Did you six? S- six points. Oh, Thank okay. you. Six. I didn't hear you say it. Manual Did you Kant. say that? Oh, I mean, oh, oh, yeah. True. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get to. I, I have one more for you. I I don't know that I've heard of the Church of the New Jerusalem before. Now you have. Okay. Uh, the particular church website that I have up in front of me, um, it says that this church, blah 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 blah, church is all about Jesus. Um, and then it has a. Uh, that Jesus, and this is this is the uh, closest I can get to uh, doctrinal stuff, which is maybe a hint. <laughs> Jesus is good, truthful, and powerful. 
So uh, this is Jesus is uh, a good friend. We've all been around. Uh, we've all been sorry. We've all been a bad friend at some point. Maybe we've taken advantage of friends or been uh, short with them or simply not been there when needed. And we've po- probably experienced that as well. But Jesus is a good friend. In fact, he's a perfect friend. And when we when when we're horrible friends to him, he's always a good friend to us. Jesus is such a good friend. And we're such bad friends that he knew the only way to save our friendship was to die for our sins, and he did so willingly. Because of Jesus and his death on the cross, we have the opportunity daily to become better friends to Jesus and with Jesus. And as we do so, we learn some amazing things about him. As a good friend, Jesus loves us better than we could love him, uh, love others, or even love ourselves. As a good friend, Jesus guides uh, guides us, showing us how to live and how to love in a way that brings glory to God and fulfillment in life. As a good friend, Jesus forgives us our sin, though we don't deserve it, sanctifying his life so that we can live. As a good friend, Jesus is fun, having enjoyed parties and time with his friends. And <laughs> as a good friend, Jesus listens. Are Not, you reading from Pastor Wolf Mueller's Facebook page? Oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> give give that vicar 400 points. <laughs> okay, that's that's the first section on good friend. Uh, this is a, a church website, huh? Yep. Is it a church body website or an individual congregation website? Um, individual congregation. But okay. but if you if you name um, I can't really call the it a denomination. Type of church. Yeah, if you name the type of church, I'll I'll give you credit. Okay. Now, this is it seems like a unique sort of this seems like almost like a children's ministry kind of thing <laughs> where it's just stated so so and the and the major thing about Jesus is that he's our friend uh th- this is uh this is the worldview which we call Jesus is my what do we Jesus is my homecoming date isn't that the name of the worldview we have yeah but i thought that was more towards romanticism wasn't it? Well, was there a second? Was there a second uh, and very similar? Jesus is my friend who's encouraging me to ask the other girl Jesus, out on the homecoming. Did we date? have Jesus is my life coach? Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if that's on here. Here, I'll look it Where's up. The worldview catalogs. I don't know. Here, I'll look that up, and you read something else because Jesus is not just my friend; he's also my what else? He's, uh, Jesus is a truthful friend. So the first one was Jesus is a good friend, and now he's a truthful friend. Okay, Jesus is a truthful friend. He speaks the truth about himself, about us, and about the world. As a truthful friend, Jesus taught that he is God, that he came down from heaven to be a man among his creation, that he was sinless, that he would die on the cross for our sins, that he forgives sin, and that he is the only way to heaven. As now, now that's a really interesting thing that the truthfulness of Christ, uh, that the death of Jesus is made subordinate to the truthfulness of Jesus. So, so when the conversation of what Jesus has done uh, mm. comes after the rubric of he tells the truth and he told us that he did all these things, which is really interesting. It makes it makes the gospel a subordinate clause. Hmm. It's like saying the Bible is true and the Bible tells us that Jesus died. Well, I mean, G- yeah. You, you know what? So rather, rather you'd want to go the other way and say that that the Bible is true. We know this because Jesus died and rose again. Died and rose again. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's just interesting. Interesting. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have picked that out. Uh, That's why they pay me the big bucks. Furthermore, it says, as a truthful friend, Jesus taught that we are sinners, 
that it's impossible on our own to be friends with God because of our sin, and that the only way to be friends with God is through him. As a truthful friend, Jesus taught that this world is broken and needs fixing. Jesus promised to return and to fix this broken world. On that day, there will be no more tears, no more sickness, no more pain. Creation will be good again through Jesus. Okay, so we have that's the creedal part under the truthfulness of Jesus, and it seems orthodox insofar as it goes. I mean, it's just said with a, a little bit of it's a little. I don't know. It's it's there's there's something about how everything is built around this word friend that kind of th- is throwing me off here. I, I don't know if that's going to give it away enough though. This stand so far like your standard evangel. What's your what's the last category? Jesus is a good friend, a, a true friend, and a powerful friend. Oh, let's have that one. Okay, Jesus is a powerful friend whom the Bible speaks of as a king and conqueror. As a powerful friend, Jesus is the king of all creation, and he's establishing his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. This means that nothing is out of the influence of Jesus and everything is subject to him. As a powerful friend, Jesus has conquered Satan, sin, and death. Jesus died on the cross for our sin, uh, for our sins and rose from the from the rose from death in victory. Today, he is alive and well, and Jesus is coming back to forever destroy evil. For those with faith in Jesus, there is no need to fear as Satan has no power over us. Sin is no longer in control of us, and our sins are forgiven, and death is not the end, but the beginning of life after this life with Jesus. Uh, as a powerful friend, Jesus leads his church through the, through the Holy Spirit. He calls leaders and empowers them to lead uh, lead well. He brings people to him out of the sin and shame into life and forgiveness. He creates community in which people serve one another and the world. As a powerful friend, Jesus is generous. He gives forgiveness and grace freely to all who ask, having given his own life to provide it. He also gives us his Holy Spirit, who empowers us as Christians to live in Jesus' victory and strength. This, you know, the, this whole thing is striking me as just someone trying to be cute. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, what they say is not is not wrong, but there's no Bible uh, verses or even any biblical language. Well, I should there. say that um, after the paragraphs, it has these three sections again, and there's about 15 verses for each section. Oh, okay, okay. That's kind of Baptist Statement of Faith style. Yeah. You just put the references afterwards without quoting Correct, it. Correct, yeah. Um, the the thing that's getting me on this last thing is this idea that the devil's destroyed. And while that's clear in the scriptures that the devil has been destroyed, very, very few people will talk about that. Uh, and in fact, the only people that will talk about it are our friends, the amillennialists, people, in other words, who don't believe in the uh, thousand-year reign of Christ, which also is uh, interesting. I mean, I think maybe some charismatics might, and this had charismatic leanings, but it didn't go into dispensationalism. You know, raining to set up a rain on earth, etc. It didn't go into charismatic gifts, which would be something that. So the even the evangelical would generally go into some sort of dispensationalism. The charismatic would some sort of have some sort of charismatic something in there. Uh, it didn't go into the sacraments, which which you would think a Lutheran would generally go into. But I think the the only people that can talk about the devil being destroyed would be something like the Reformed or the Lutherans. And um. Well, this is so. The problem is, this is so general. There's nothing that specific that we can really pin this down. Is that all I've got to go on? Yes. 
All right, Vicar, what do you think over there? Uh, your Facebook page. <laughs> it's not my Facebook. I do not approve that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think, you know what? This kind of makes me sad to think this. But I think this is a, I think this is a Lutheran trying to be too cute. No, it's not. So, phew. Well, good. <laughs> um, I'm gonna read this section again, and this might be um, probably the one that tips the hat the most. And uh, maybe I just have been uh, thinking about this, so I'm, I'm kind of pulling it out. But uh, in the last section, it said, "As a powerful friend, Jesus leads His church through the Holy Spirit." He calls leaders and empowers them to lead well. He brings people out of sin and shame into life and forgiveness. He creates community in which people serve one another in the world. You think this is some sort of emergent church thing? Uh, Are you asking me? Because I know. I know the answer. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, Yes, uh, I I think that would be a good good hunch. (laughs) So this creating community in which the world is served. Mm Mm-hmm. Emergent church. I mean, the emergent church is kind of... Dear emergent church people, you realize that how the harder you try not to be cute, the cuter <laughs> you are. Yeah. Um, you, want, you want another church? You want to guess the specific church? Uh, no. Uh, oh, there's that one up in your area. Uh, some sort of porch or something. Um, what is it? Called Solomon's Porch, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's not it. Uh, this is uh, Mars Hill. Mars Hill. Oh yeah, Hill. That's yeah. what I meant to say. <laughs> That's not even close enough. No, there is there is the <laughs> the, the um, whatever. But uh, whatever. Th- this is uh, Mark Driscoll, and um, to I would I would say that of the emergent guys, he probably gets um, he he articulates the gospel more than than the rest. But you can see here um, that uh, that there's a particular emphasis in this uh in this whole thing so that especially again we we can understand this in an orthodox way but but uh critique this this paragraph as a powerful friend jesus is the king of all creation and he's establishing his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven and this means that nothing is out of the influence of jesus and everything is subject to him yeah that's right this kingdom coming theology which is generally was the mark of the charismatics but then there was no it didn't go any further with the charismatic stuff in this thing uh, but the, uh, but the, the but the emergent church um, sees uh, the kingdom being formed here on earth in sort of uh, social social reform, right? You know, so that that homeless people are being fed and and people are are you know uh, no longer in suffering and stuff because God is working through the church to create his his kingdom here on earth. Right, that's right. Um, I'm kind of burnt up at that guy, Mark Driscoll, by the way, because he beat me at Issues Etc. Soundbite of the Week a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, uh, but also, also big, big with the emergent thing is the emphasis on leadership, that the leader is the Pope, basically. And I think that's where, what's behind this comment, that um, he leads, um, he, le- uh, he empowers leaders and to lead them well. I think that's kind of what's behind behind that, so... So Mars Hill, no points for you. Yeah, man, no points for anybody today except yeah. for your six. I got six, Vickers and I gave the Vicar some. So thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where? The, oh, I forgot I was going to do a Roy D. Mercer thing. Too late. You've been Where listening the to Table Talk Radio. They ain't the funny. views expressed on this it show are that funny. of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll free one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. 
That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.